0: With international football once again on the agenda, we thought we'd do something different for this week's podcast. I have a special guest joining us shortly to discuss their career so far. She was born in the West Midlands on the 8th of April, 1984. They've represented England at every level and was even one of the first 17 players to receive central contracts from the English Football Association. She is also a multiple time FA Women's Cup winner. Our guest, of course, is Birmingham City Vice Captain, Emily Westwood. Welcome everyone to another episode of the only dedicated Birmingham City Ladies podcast, Great Since 68. It's episode 10, and it is brought to you as always by damsonparkdames.co.uk. And thanks to Jazza, who has given us our new intro music. It is from the song No Control, from this album Super. I'm Craig Hadley, and it's my pleasure to introduce Emily Westwood. It's a real pleasure to welcome you to the show, Emily. I hope you're well. Good, thank you. We will start at the beginning, if you don't mind, and that is, of course, Wolverhampton Wanderers. You joined their youth setup at age 10. You remember what it was like back then, walking into Wolves for the first time?
1: I basically got a little bit of a trial through playing football at my um, primary school. I was the only girl at my primary school, and fortunately, one of my teachers was married to the the guy that was in charge at Wolves at the time, so she kind of got me a bit of a trial there. And I just got integrated straight away. We used to train where the men's training ground is now, the Jack training ground. I remember it well. I remember the first day, you know, even to this day. So, real friendly and great environment to be in.
0: Six years after joining in 2000, you were promoted to the Wolves first team. Uh, how much of a change was that for you, moving up from the youth team?
1: It was a steady progression. When I first joined Wolves, I was actually too young to play in the under-12s. So I had to wait another season or so before I could actually play a game. But by the time I worked through the under-12s, 14s and then up to the 16s, it was by then I was playing in the first team. So it it was pretty seamless, really. And I'm sure, you know, people of my era went through the same scenario and getting into the first team really young you know they all welcomed me it is a very different atmosphere and environment to to what it is nowadays but um you know I'm still friends with some of those people that I um, that really welcomed me first into the into the first team so good memories
0: during your time at Wolves you spent playing in the women's premier league north division finishing runners up in 2002 or 2005 what was your time like at Wolves under manager Dennis Mortimer
1: it was short actually I think it was only a couple of seasons with Dennis but very nice guy, had lots of knowledge and experience, Champions League winning player with Villa, so, you know, he kind of has much more experience than that. You could just tell he was a winner, really nice guy, got on with everyone, and we had a really good time under him.
0: Women's football has come a long way since your senior debut in 2000. In what way has training changed, for instance?
1: Full-time now. Previously, it was once, maybe twice a week. We had to pay subs. Nowadays, in the WSL1, we get paid, which is the dream come true, really. And I'm sure most people have had that dream from being young, wanting to be a professional footballer and actually being paid for something they love to do. Environment's different. You know, it's all about nutrition, recovery, you know, then back in the day, just doing it for a hobby. So loads of different aspects have changed. But I suppose the one thing that remains the same is that I loved it back then. I always wanted to play football and now even at 33, I still want to play and I still love football.
0: That's certainly great to hear. In 2005, you made the move to Merseyside and joined Everton. How big of a change was that for you? My partner comes from Liverpool, so I'm well aware that the nightlife is quite memorable there. Was it a fun five years for you in Liverpool?
1: It was, yeah, it was. It was great. It was my first real crack at top flight football. When I was at Wolves, I didn't really think I was good enough to go there. But I'd been picked for England, one of the first people to play for England outside the Premier League at the time. Got picked for the European Cup in England in two thousand and five, and then after that, it was when you know Mark Marley asked me if I wanted to come and play for Everton, and you know I couldn't turn it down. And. You know, playing alongside Farrell Williams and Rachel Brown, Lindsay Johnson, you know, and then Jill Scott that came not long after I joined. Couldn't have asked for be around better players and advance in my career and learn look, off the best players in the country. So Mo looked after me, all the girls looked after me. I had a really good five years there and it's something I'll always look back fondly on. So they'll always have a special place in my heart.
0: As someone who was in their early 20s uh, when they moved to Everton, did you enjoy the nightlife? Did you enjoy going out and stuff in Liverpool?
1: I actually lived in Goodley still, so I, I, I travelled two, three, four times a week, so I didn't live in Liverpool, but after we won the FA Cup, and after that we had a pretty good night out in Liverpool, and on the odd occasion we went out as well, so really nice city. Nightlife was wasn't too bad either, but I always think it's the, you know, the people that you, you spend your time with the most important.
0: Absolutely. Everton were enjoying some of their best years at the time when you joined the club. They regularly challenged the might of Arsenal in the top flight of women's football. Everton finished runners-up five years running with their best shot coming in 2008-09 season. What can you remember that season, Emily? You finished on uh, 61 points and only missed out on the title on goal difference.
1: Yeah, I remember the last game. I think it was Arsenal beat us 1-0. We actually played where Liverpool and Everton play now at Witness. I remember the game and I remember it being a bit of a scrappy golden seeded. I was actually really gutted that I didn't start that game. I ended up coming on for the last five, ten minutes. Couldn't really affect it that much. But I think for my whole career, especially with Everton and Birmingham, it's always been nearly won and nearly, nearly got the title. And that's the one thing that's been, you know, missing from from my medal collection. Really, obviously, at the time, it was gutted that you know we we didn't get it. But really, really proud of what Everton did back in the day because Arsenal were a massive force. They always won things. You know, with the finances that they had, and um, Everton always pushed
0: them. Yeah, absolutely. Obviously, with Arsenal, they're, they're synonymous with women's football over the years, and Everton pushing them so close, it was such a, an achievement. It was certainly a big year for you in uh, 2005, as you mentioned, your England debut against Italy in a 4-1 win. What was that day like for you?
1: I was at Wolves. My manager was Paul Taylor at the time, and just like my first training session ever for Wolves, I remember my first team debut for England, like it was yesterday. Loads of Wolves girls came down to watch me, friends, family, my mum and dad were in the stand. Finding out that I was going to start that game against Italy, I it was very nervous, as you would imagine. I remember the game, and I actually thought I played really well. I was lucky to, to to not score on my debut. It was just a—you know an insight... Into what was going to happen for me, really, and I just wanted more and more of that feeling, and you know, putting on an England shirt. I wanted more of that, so it definitely made me work harder to keep being involved with England.
0: You've got on to play 32 times for England and have scored four times for your country. The first coming against Czech Republic in 2008. Can you remember the goal and how did you celebrate?
1: I can remember the goal. It was from outside the box. We needed to get a win and a draw from the last two games to to qualify. Um, was it for the World Cup or Euros? I, I can't quite remember and we went in nil-nil in half time against Czech Republic and Holt made a change, I came on. We had a free kick, Farah played it into Kelly, she set me on the edge of the box and I remember just hitting it as hard as I could and it just rifled into the, the top net and I just was so ecstatic. I didn't really know what to do actually with my celebration so I just jumped as high as I could in the air and did a massive fist pump and then everyone surrounded me and um, that set us off then and I think we won that game. set us up nicely for the last game against Spain and we drew that game 2-2. We ended up qualifying.
0: You've certainly put a smile on my face and I'm sure there's a lot of people listening who have got a smile on their face recounting that goal for you. Do you have a particular memory that stands out for your time playing for England?
1: There's been a lot of ups and downs. Like I've had a few injuries that stopped me from gaining more caps for England, playing more games for Everton and that's the lows of it but the highs are you know, scoring those goals, putting the shirt on, coming on in the European Cup final in 2009 against Germany, even though we lost, those memories will always be there.
0: Keeping with the international flavour, you made your Champions League debut in 2007 against Lithuanian side Gintra. Was it your first time in Eastern Europe and how was it?
1: It was my first time, actually. I think we flew to Germany, Latvia, and then we drove from Latvia into Lithuania, but it was very nice, actually. I've been to different European cities, travelling with England, but it was actually nice to get out and, and see a bit of the area that we stayed in. I just recall it being nice and clean, um, and it being very hot.
0: During your time at Everton, you obviously worked with Momali, as you mentioned, who is, of course, the interim manager of the England national team at the moment. What do you think the current England players will learn the most whilst working with her?
1: She's got a lot of experience, you know. She's a really good people person. Even though you don't see her as much in the social media and all that kind of stuff, she's really good with people. A lot of experience domestically. She's obviously got a lot of experience throughout Europe with Everton, but then she's been with the under-19s for a very long time, under-23 for a very long time. So I think experience goes a long way, and and her being involved in different scenarios against different opposition will give her a good opportunity to put her hat in the ring for um, being the manager, let alone interim. So she's a good person Mo and a good football person. So I wish her all the best.
0: You enjoyed significant success at Everton, winning your first piece of silverware by beating Arsenal in the League Cup in 2008. Uh, What was that moment like for you, given that um, you've faced Arsenal so many times and you finally get one over on them?
1: We beat them 1-0. Amy Kane scored the, the winning goal and I think we scored it early on actually. I don't know, it was something about the night we just knew and it was raining, it was damp, it was dark and dull and you know we just thought that they didn't fancy that scenario so we just started really well and obviously throughout the game we, we were put under lots of pressure by Arsenal but we, we managed to ride it out and then obviously in the end it was a 1-0 win yeah, we celebrated that one really well. Um, it was a great game to be involved in.
0: No doubt it was. Everton then won the FA Women's Cup two years later in 2010, once again beating Arsenal. You beat the London side 3-2 in extra time. How big were the celebrations after that one? You you briefly mentioned it earlier.
1: It was really good. Tash Derry scored the winning goal in, in extra time. We were like really put under pressure by Arsenal in that game. I remember doing all all the media before that game, and they were they were being really confident about it. And I, you know, one of those things again. I just was like, I'm going to be real quiet here, not big us up too much, and then obviously we'll we'll wait and see what happens on the pitch. But I loved it. It was it was a great moment for us, and yeah, we had some good celebrations. You know, all the people in, in Everton in Liverpool like when we were out on the evening knew what we'd done and a lot of people brought us drinks and celebrated with us so it was, it was a real good atmosphere on the night time and obviously the game was just brilliant who says they won the FA Cup do you know what I mean so that was um, a great achievement for myself.
0: Winning the FA Women's Cup was quite the way to end your time at Everton you joined Birmingham City shortly after you were living in the Midlands still at that point I assume so was it uh, so it was nice to see your family more often and get back to training in a local area I guess?
1: It was really difficult leaving Everton. Mo really bartered with me and really wanted me to stay. At that time, I just felt like I needed a bit of a fresh start. Um, I'd been dropped by England. I wasn't getting picked anymore. And, you know, I was on and off the bench for Everton. I'd had a bit of a serious injury at the end of that season. I think I punctured my lung I was really grateful for my time at Everton but I felt like I needed a bit of a fresh start and with it becoming the FA WSL and Birmingham approaching me, I, it just made sense to me. I wanted to be back home more and you know, not have to travel up and down the M6 two, three times a week. But I'm glad I made the decision and it's been a great experience with Blues so far.
0: Birmingham City finished runners-up in the first two seasons of the newly formed WSL. Your experience of challenging for titles with Everton obviously helped to inspire your new teammates.
1: Yeah, like I said previously, you know, it's always been nearly. You know, I've always come runners up. Or that's the one thing that's realistically, well, add to my medal cabinet, Birmingham. It's been a roller coaster. Runners up, FA Cup winners, getting to the Continental Cup final x amount of times. You know, we've almost been relegated. Then the next season after that, missed out by one. You know, so it's been a real roller coaster of emotions with with Birmingham City so far so good. The, the, the memories have been low, but they've mostly have has been really high with Birmingham City.
0: Under David Parker, Birmingham won the FA Women's Cup in 2012. It was your second time winning this trophy. Birmingham eventually won on penalties after the game finished 2-2 after extra time. What do you remember of that day?
1: I remember it being hot. I remember it being at Bristol. I remember the score lines going back and forth with Chelsea. We knew that was a real great opportunity for us to win the FA Cup for Birmingham for the first time and once we'd got the equalising goal, I just knew we, we were going to go on. And regardless of how we won it, I just knew we were going to win it because of the way we kept coming back and the way the score lines went. I was really glad that I got the opportunity to do it with Laura Bassett and, and Kaz Carney. Been friends for a very long time and, and with them paired beating that Blues for a very long time and you know West Midlands girls as well. It was um, It was really good to share that experience with them.
0: Yeah, indeed. I was watching a video, I think it was yesterday, you and Laura Bassett talking, I think, after the Cup. You revealed that it was going to be uh, Becky Spencer who was going to take the penalty, the next penalty if Bonner had scored. That would have been some moment, but it was a great moment for you. Nonetheless, you won the Cup and you got to celebrate with the Midlands girls, as you say
1: it was a really good day and the club had worked so hard on and off the field to make that experience really, really good for us and we had to finish that off by doing it on the pitch and that's what we did so no one can take that away from us now, that's part of history.
0: You've gone on to make 109 appearances for Birmingham with more to come no doubt. You've seen the highs and lows of you, as you've mentioned as the club. And obviously, 2014 was perhaps the one which will live long in the memory for the wrong reasons, perhaps. You had one of the best, probably the best WSL title race I can remember. Three teams went into the final day with a chance of lifting the trophy. Chelsea were leading the league uh, until that day and then lost to Man City. A win would have meant Birmingham would have won the league. And as we know, Notts County held on for a draw. Liverpool eventually won the league after beating Bristol Academy. The league's top scorer, Kaz had a penalty save by Carly Telford that day. How could different it could have been. It's the only major trophy you haven't won. It's obviously hard, as you've mentioned, to not have won that one. Uh, recent years, Birmingham have come close to winning more silverware. And you can see that unity in the squad. Uh, Birmingham have made the final of the League Cup last year and the Women's FA Cup this year, losing out to Man City. Uh, what do you think has changed in the last few years that have brought on this recent success after like a period of not quite getting there, do you think?
1: I think blues have always been an underdog, and in some ways, that's really worked for us. So I suppose when we have nearly got there, it's always it's almost been like, oh, well, we're we'll the underdogs anyway. The other team were expected to win. But from the very beginning, when the WSL started, even through till now, we knew we were gonna we were gonna do things, and we knew we were gonna challenge for titles, and we knew we were gonna challenge for medals and silverware. and It's always been here at Birmingham. Being positive is is what you need as a player. And Chelsea's and Man City's and Arsenal's back in the day will will say that. And Liverpool's obviously, they've won the FAW as well. We as Blues, as a collective, we just know we can do this. That's how it's been from day one.
0: Speaking of the past year, I believe you gave up your part-time job earlier this year to focus on your football. What did you used to do and how has that transition been for you?
1: I used to work for Wolves Community Trust And I was the administrator for the Wolves Community Trust, so people work on inclusion, health, sport, charitable work, all that kind of stuff, and I always saw the the administration behind all the projects that Wolves Community Trust ran. And I miss the people. Wolves has always got a special place in my heart because that's where I started playing, and I still keep in touch with them now. Obviously, I don't miss working. I've always wanted to be a professional footballer. I've always wanted this to be my job. At the late stages of my career, I'm, I'm making the most of that finances aren't great from a women's football point of view so i've i work the sister club project with keris harrop so that gives me a bit more finances i do miss working at wolves i miss the people but I, i'm really enjoying my time being called a professional footballer and i'm, I'm making the most of, of everything that i can while i'm still fit and healthy
0: given that you've just um gone full-time uh, is there anything you've been working on in, in particular now that you've got more time to focus on your football
1: Trying to keep up with everyone, um, <laughs> going from part time to full time. You might think it might be easy because you've got more time, got more time to recover. When actually, it's quite a transition, and we've been doing it for just over a year now. So, in terms of the man cities, you know, Arsenal, Chelsea's that have been training for full time for a few years now, other teams aren't quite haven't been quite to that level. So it's still a transitional phase from training part-time to going to full-time. And then obviously, being the age that I am, I need to just look after and manage myself. I've had a lot of injuries throughout my career. So my main focus is to be fit and healthy, train as much as I can and be available for match days as, as much as I can that probably wouldn't say much to you know people listening but when you're an older athlete and have had injuries it's about managing yourself and not going wild and missing out on training here and there
0: Finally, Emily, what's the future hold for you? Would you like to go into coaching like Leanne Hall did or maybe even management?
1: I'm afraid to say I'm not very good at it and I don't really like coaching. So at the moment, that would be a no for me. I would still like to be involved in football in some capacity. You know, maybe I could use the community-based work that I've done previously with Wolves and use it with Birmingham um, City Ladies. Blues are very good in realising that it's nearly come to the end of my career and I'm working closely with them to uh, figure out a future for me. At the end of the day, it's up to me and it's up to what, what I want to do. And At the moment, I'm not quite sure. I just want to enjoy football as much as I can while it's here and then who knows who knows about the future. But definitely not coaching.
0: <laughs> thank you very much, Emily, for joining us. I really appreciate it and I wish you the best of the luck for the rest of the season.
1: No problem, thank you.
0: I will finish this week's show with the latest news. It was announced this afternoon that our joint leading scorer Charlie Wellings has been selected by England to play in the under-20s Florida-based tournament this December. The striker will miss our final home game of 2017 when Birmingham play Bristol City on the 10th of December. Best of luck to her as she looks to secure her place in next year's under-20s World Cup in France. Meanwhile, the annual BBC Price of Football study was released this past week. Birmingham's cheapest season ticket option was the third most expensive in the WSL behind Arsenal and London Bees at £55. This is an increase of £15 on last season. It still works out at £5 a game which isn't too shabby. The cheapest were Everton and Millwall Lionesses whose season tickets cost just £25. If you fancy an away day trip this season the cheapest ticket for travelling fans can be found at Town and Sunderland at just £5. Looking forward to the next seven days then, and we have plenty of international football to tide you over until Birmingham return to action on December the 3rd. Jess Carter could be set for a first appearance for the Lionesses in the next two games. The England national team play Bosnia and Herzegovina this Friday at Walsall's Banks' Stadium. At time of recording, tickets are still available if you wish to go, The match kicks off at 7.05 and will be shown on BBC2 if you can't make the game. Also in action this Friday, we have our tenacious tackler, Hayley Ladd, as Wales take on Kazakhstan from seven. The game takes place at Cardiff City's home ground and tickets are still on sale for that one. Then on Tuesday, England return to action and face Kazakhstan at Colchester's Western Homes Community Stadium. You can still purchase tickets for that one as well. The game kicks off at 7.05 and will be shown on the BBC. And that's all for this week's show. Thank you to Emily Westwood who was a fantastic guest today as we learned more about her career and I really hope we get to see her more this season. You have been listening to the Great Since 68 podcast. Don't forget to subscribe to us so you can receive the show every week as soon as it comes out. Just search for Damsling Park Dames on iTunes, Stitcher, TuneIn Radio and any other podcast platform you may use. If you prefer to listen through soundcloud which i know a lot of you do be sure to give us a follow on there sign up to an account and follow and you'll get the show as soon as it comes out every single week you can also follow us on twitter at great 68 and for our personal accounts you can follow me at craig hadley and chris isn't here this week but i give a plug anyway it is awcaib thanks for listening everyone and remember keep right on